This is a mountain stream, pure and clean, pristine waters. Actually, it's a rushing river of acid, boiling and dissolving the flesh off of bones, caustic. No, it really is a mountain stream of pure, fresh, refreshing, necessary water. Or is it acid? Water or acid? If you're looking for material, you should steal classic routines from these old comedy records that nobody remembers. Oh, I, I don't know, are they any good? Are they any good? They're timeless. This is what our grandparents did for entertainment. Hardy White for Edison Records. The Big Toe. Oh, I hurt my big toe. Oh. What's the matter? I hurt my big toe. Oh. You sure are making a racket. Oh. Sorry. I hurt my big toe. I know, you said that. Stop. Oh. Uh, I don't know, man. Oh, what? He hurt his big toe. Oh, what a crazy guy. Mmm, I don't know. All right, well, check this one out. It's my buddy's routine from 1950 in the village. Yeah, so I got this friend Butchie. <laughs> He's a crazy guy. So we all stole this car this one time. And Butchie said, I can drive it faster than anybody. And he drove it really fast. And he crashed into a tree and died. <laughs> He's a crazy guy. Another time he said, I can fly, look at me, I can fly. And he jumped off this like 10 story building. And for a little while it looked like he was gonna fly. And then he crashed right to the ground and died. What a crazy guy. Another time we were doing this seance. And he, he said, I can become one with the dead. And then all these spirits came out of nowhere. And all these dead souls went into him. And he danced around. What a crazy guy. Uh. You never did any of that stuff, Butchie. Oh, yeah, I know. He's exercising what you call comedic license. That's when you just make up a premise for a thing. Like a joke where you say, Did you ever wonder how they get those little baby heads on top of mustard bottles? Um, is that a thing? It doesn't have to be a thing. It makes the audience feel stupid if they don't know about it. Then you make a joke. Oh, all right. Ladies and gentlemen, the Latin Casino would like to welcome Mr. Liu Register. Thank you. Before I get started, I gotta, I gotta wet my whistle here. Actually, my whistle's already so wet that the pee floated away. No, that's what they call a the little thing in the whistle. What's wrong with you people? So. Nice club you got here. What are you wearing there, lady? It looks like some sort of animal, a dead animal. It is literally a dead animal. 
I had my, um, I was carrying my dead cat around for a while, like that around my neck. And someone says, what do you, uh, is that a stole? I go, no, I bought it. So, uh, you know what, funny, I listened to some words the other day and I thought they were funny, like uh, freckle. This is weird, what a weird word, right? Sir, why aren't you laughing? If you're not here to laugh, I don't put my finger in your, in your armpit. Don't put your attitude in my presence. <laughs> I don't know. Y'all are great. Oh, let's not play that. That's so embarrassing. I was pretty drunk. You know, they put me on last. You were the only one on the bill. Yeah, I know, but I had all day to think about it. Oh. The problem is, you didn't have any real material. You were just winging it. You can't just wing it. Well, you can. Well, you can't and not be a humiliated failure. Uh, I don't care so much about stuff like that. I don't mind being the butt of the joke. I want people to leave the show and think, hey, that guy is stupid and lesser. It brings them joy. Yeah, I guess it does. I kind of like seeing guys fail. It gets a lot of hits online. This is the Emperor Hadrian, and we have been listening to the Butchie and Lou tapes. And we have a real treat today. We have Lou in the studio with us. And we're going to listen to some examples of times that Butchie has stolen things from Lou and taken credit. So we appreciate you coming down here, Lou, and we'd love to hear what you have us uh, have prepared for us. Yes, I would like to talk about uh, all this sampling and, and stuff and taking pieces of other people's art and making it into something new and wholly other and sometimes better. And I object to this. And Butchie has done this to me. And uh, I, now I know how it feels. And I think the people who do this, that get their inspiration for their art literally from other people by taking segments of it and incorporating it into something new, and like I say, better and more evolved, are just, well, they're just like the devil or Vicki Bennett. And so I just want to call out Butchie, and I've got this recording I want you to hear. All right, what do you got? Here's a bit of my 70s smooth jazz song, Nuggetless. Butchie's rap song, Lynchland. Sweeping up the bar, the creep in the car. This time you're going to Jamie Farr. The Red Room. Some kind of soul tune. Log Lady Log Flume. In the Lynch-themed park, parasitic twin peak launch soon. I said launch, not Lynch. Far out space, these nuts don't flinch. I got a low brow, okay? Steal your meager cow, okay? Total ripoff.
Has this ever happened to you, or will it ever happen to you? You awake one morning to find that you are a hungover Victor Frankenstein. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, Sammy Spyro, uh, this is, uh, Victor Frankenstein calling. It, yes, it, it may indeed be, uh, pronounced, uh, Frankenstein. I, I don't really remember, and uh, that's part of the reason I'm calling. Uh, I know that I was supposed to attend a party at your house last night, but darn it, this morning I seem to have no memory of, uh, the night before. Uh, so I was wondering, was I... Oh, I, I was, was I? <laughs> Oh, I, uh, hope my behavior was, uh, uh, it was, was it? Uh, well, uh, nothing I hope to, uh, oh, my God. Oh, please, for God's sakes, apologize to your mother. Oh, dear Lord. Oh, uh, well, I am truly sorry. Uh... I did that. So, uh, Sammy, from what you're telling me, uh, it wasn't really, uh, me who caused, uh, most of the trouble, but this so-called monster that I made. Out of human cadaver parts, yes, I got that part, Sammy. Sammy, I, I can't tell you how ashamed I am of, uh, my behavior. Did I give you any indication of what my motivation was with this animated corpse monster episode of mine? Oh, so a bit of a god complex, you say. <laughs> I'm not uh, arguing uh, with you, Sammy. Uh, it's one thing to be the life of the party, but to create life at a party might be the line. Is that a fair assumption, Sam? <laughs> uh, technically, uh, Frankenstein is not the monster. I see, I see what you're saying. No, Sam. Uh, sorry. But 1972, players, but mom, I don't want to. Be a good boy and eat your Nixons. Now introducing Crunchy Nixons and Nixon Pops. I am your announcer. You'll get such hits as, you're the Archie Bunker of Burt Reynolds Centerfolds. What are you, the Soichi Yokoi of Blondes versus Brunettes? Some cereals are a disaster, like McGovern or Eastern Flight 401. Nixon Puffs are shot from guns, and some of them got into George Wallace. Cinnamon cereal then, cinnamon cereal now, cinnamon cereal forever. Have you seen this new movie, Godfather? I have an office messenger you can't refuse. I shall make you a Bobby Fisher of men. Come on, pick up the phone. Baby, it's Dick. Dick Nixon. Stop fooling around. I need to talk to you about some very important things. Uh, like Agnew. I don't really like the 1972 players. I think they're kind of dated. Well, you had to be there. Back then, those guys' material was heavily influenced by pot. I heard it wasn't as strong back then. Neither was the material. Well, let's listen to some modern comedy albums. Do they even still have them? Oh, God, I hope not. So this guy is never late for work. He gets there every day, 
9 a.m. Monday through Friday. He's never late. 20 years. Then one day he comes in at 10 a.m. Boss says, where you been? He said, I fell down five flights of stairs. I broke my arm. Look at my ears hanging off. It's all bloody. I bit through my lip. I'm all cut up. All my clothes are torn and everything. And the boss says, this took an hour? Uh, another joke would be this. Have you seen these new type of mugs? And they've got like 10 handles on them. Who needs that many handles on a mug? You just have need one because you have, what, two hands? And you're not going to use them. So these 10-handled mugs that they got now, I have no use for them. Also, have you seen people wearing these new hats? They've got these new hats that have knives on them. What is that for? What do you think's going to happen? Some type of big bird is going to come flying at you? Some albatross? Some cormorant? A terror bird. And so you need one of these things. It's nonsense. God, I got, I got to tell you nowadays everything. So I've seen people around, uh, be people around holding big signs they have nowadays. You've seen this. And it say, I don't, soup has uh, metal in it. I go, I don't know about that. Which, and they'll name the soups. Say split pea soup has big uh, chunks of iron in it, and 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 slag, which is a byproduct of smelting. And come on, first of all, do you think our ancestors ever cared whether there was a, a lot acid in their water, or their water was just pure acid, and they would drink it, and every all their throats would dissolve, and you go, what is that? That's just neck bone. Boop, and they'd tip over. And people would giggle back then because life was brutal. Oh, my gosh. I grew up with my grandparents, and they were born in uh, 1512. And so they were like, had totally different idea of what a normal collar would look like. I said, that's crazy. Come on, Graham and Gramp. People have smaller collars now. Kids are going around today dressed like... 18th century fops. Have you seen this? This is a new thing. They've got wigs and everything. Also, guy walks into a store and he says something like, hello. And a clerk goes, oh, hey, Tommy, it's you. I didn't recognize you. Or something like that. I don't know what the, not Tommy. He doesn't use his own name. And I've already forgotten that movie. But listen, I'm on a, I'm going to do something called riff on. I'm going to take something and I'm going to, um, I'm studying comedy. I don't know if you've noticed. And I want to do a comedy album. Now, there's a couple different styles. There's many different styles. And one of them, I mean, some people shout loud noises and all. There's that one. And some have rapid fire jokes. I like, um, see, I'm trying to do that, but I can't think of anything interesting. I like cereal because it's sweet, but sometimes you eat too much of it and you feel sick. And I haven't gotten farther than that. And I've got to, what I have to do is sit there and think about, well, what's the, is there irony in that? And I go, yeah, not only irony, but other vitamin E's. Like, it was a funny thing to say. Or magnesium is also in there. We go, that's not what I meant. Isn't it funny? Oh, here's one. I'm going to try this one. They have your cereal, your sweet cereals have all listed all the vitamins they put in there. And I think it'd be funny if they put in other prescription drugs in there as well. 
Nothing harmful, just like a stool softener, very mild muscle relaxer, and maybe a decongestant. As long to go with your vitamin A and your isothene, phylothene, xylocaine. I don't know what they put in it. I wish that I had a factory. I would run it like um, Willy Wonka ran it, which is probably into the ground because he was too eccentric for his boiling children and chocolate fondue and things like that. Sounds good, but really when you try to do that in the real world, there's pushback, and there ought to be. You shouldn't be able to send gassy children up into fans. They have those, I believe, at some Asian malls where you can get, you wear a suit and it'll blast you up into a fan or, so, or the, maybe the fan's on the floor. I don't know how anything works. Isn't this crazy today? They have people, uh, listen, uh, this is an observation. I'm going to just make observations now. I mean, I get, uh, granted, I'm in a very boring room where nothing's really going on, but maybe I could just use, my mind's pretty flexible. And I feel like I could just do that with an audience, just do my take on something, make comments and say, sir, what, what would you estimate the width of your lapels is? I saw someone wearing, I believe, without irony, Tom Selleck, like Magnum P.I., shorty shorts. And it was this younger 30-something fellow with his family. And the inseam was small, definitely in the single digits. But I'm, but I'm thinking maybe four, four inches. Like hot pants. Is that hot pants? I don't have my chart with me. It'll tell you what the inseam is for it to be hot pants. Sometimes a, a negative, zero or negative inseam is really daring. And that goes up there. Oh, that's going. Whee! That's way up there. I don't know if I've had the, the guts to wear something like that. I don't know if guts is really the word I'm looking for. I don't mind. I like self-expression. And I... I would trade not judging other people if I could have a little more freedom of self-expression. So I wouldn't mind saying not making fun of somebody who's dressed funny or their knife hat if I could also take some chances with my self-expression. You know, but you can't, oh, you're too old for short pants or something, they'll say. Or, oh, you're too old for a thong. Or, you know, why, why do you have your... Why are you wearing uh, long pants, but then you have no shirt on, and then you have your stomach flab all tied up in, a, in ropes, and hanging from those are like crepe paper and balloons. And you go, I don't, I'm just trying stuff. Trying stuff. I call it a midriff party. I don't know. Uh, we're all figuring this stuff out. And so I don't know that my, my mother had comedy albums. When I was coming up, but only Shelley Berman. I don't think anybody else. And I started to, I worried about listening to other comics. I thought, am I betraying my family? Is there, is there somebody else? If I get uh, Larry Storch, blessed memory, who we just lost at the wonderful advanced age of 509 or something. Shout out to, to New Jersey and uh, Larry Storch, uh, so listen to me. Um, so, oh gosh, we didn't have any. And it was just that 
maybe I don't even think we had a Vaughn Meter album where they make fun of uh, the the Kennedys or something like that. Now those albums have disappeared. Probably I would say they probably started to fade out after maybe the Carters family. Like oh I can do an impression of all the Carters, and then you go oh you know do an impression of all the Reagans. I don't know. I'm gonna, uh, all the wind is out of my sails. And I also think in the 80s was a weird time for comedy records. I believe when I heard as a very young person, um, I did have, everyone had Robin Williams' record. And I found out years later I was playing it at the wrong speed. Did you ever, th- did you ever had that happen to you? You say, oh, I love this album. It is the wrong speed. You were listening to the wrong speed. But he would do this things where he'd go, I'm on drugs. Like that, he'd talk real slow like he's on drugs. He really was on drugs, though. But the, here's the irony. So he'd go like, I'm on drugs. Like that, he'd talk real slow. But the irony there is he was on drugs, the ones that make you talk really fast. So I don't know what he was trying to pull. Uh, but I had it on in my day, the record players had different speeds. Or you could free, you could just do it yourself, which we would do that because in case we wanted to run it backwards, you know, eat all the angels. You could see if there was something, uh, oh, there's a message in there. Um, we found the S, I don't want to say the S word, but uh, like the S word for poo, we found in uh, Rudolph the Reindeer, the Ben Crosby one. Yeah, he'll go, oh, why did I that? And I think, oh, my gosh, I've thought that. Oh, why did I that? And it turns out it was beats. So be careful. Don't you scare yourself sometimes if it, you know, I've got a little pamphlet called Blood or Beats. And it comes in real handy for people who are medical alarmists like myself. I'm hoping you're enjoying my comedy album, I'm thinking of just pressing this. Maybe make it a double album. And you can you can uh, clean antique pot on it. If it's a double album, look at that. What's in the middle? Oh, it's the, it seems to be the Beatles. Well, I had to save money. So we just glued original art on some old albums that we already had. And we stuck the records in ourselves and we're putting them out there. And a lot of record stores don't necessarily have a comedy section anymore, or it's very small, or no one collects in that. So I was collecting, I was collecting Jerry Clower for a while. I was collecting his albums. Oh, knock it out, John, it won't be long. That's uh, Jerry Clower. And uh, um, I was born in Yazoo City, Mississippi. He says that. And then I can't remember any of the jokes. Be like, oh, Marcel Ledbetter done something, something, something. And, but he makes it sound exciting. So one time, Jerry Clower was coming to town. And he was going to speak at the agricultural fair. And I had never been to an agricultural fair. That's what he sounds like. Um, and he was going to, I thought he was going to do a routine. I was like, I kind of like country comedy. I don't know if I like it um, literally. But I, I, you know, I listen to it and quote it. So I wanted to go, I wanted to go, but it wasn't open to the public. And I'm not a John Deere salesman. But a friend of mine was in the press, and they said, I'm going to get you a little knob. It looks like it came off of a a bathroom sink or something. It says press. 
and then you show that and you'll get in and it worked so i got in uh with these that press credentials and um an extra one that said pull and i walked in and he was speaking in this venue that did not have any proper seats it was a barn and they had hay bales lined up as seats to sit upon these hay bales i'm trying to tell a story like he would because I don't know, I would have just skipped to the chase already. But you got to draw it out a little bit and try to get laughs. Uh, I don't know, it's like when Andy Griffith would do that, you know. What it was, was football. I dropped my big orange drink. And you go, oh my God, I love the way he says that. And uh, so I'm sitting on these hay bales and out comes Jerry Clower. And he begins to speak and he's not really telling jokes. He's, well... Uh, he's fetching, and he's, uh, some people would say, or whinging also, some people would say, about um, intellectuals and intellectualism and science. And he's complaining about it because he finds it stupid. And so he was saying that all these eggheads that try to tell you what to do, uh, tell you, uh, oh, these uh, car phones, cause brain cancer. He said, well, when I heard an egghead said that, I went out and I bought a car phone and I don't even have a car. That's what he said. So I was like, man, that's fantastic. That's how you kill Jerry Clower. You go, Jerry, don't drink poison. Oh, don't tell me what to drink or eat, you know, and then he's dead within a year or something. Bless his heart. Uh, you know, and, and he lived a good, not a medium life. He wasn't super old, I don't think, when he died. He died up in the Georgia mountains, I think, up near Blairsville. I forget exactly where. But I, mean, I think he was doing a gig, and that's the way to go. I'll tell you, that's the way to go. That's the uh, uh, Dick Sean died on stage. Dick Sean, you might remember him from It's a... Hang on, I gotta get out my abacus. We're getting out my abacus. Here it goes. It's a matched, 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 matched world. And he's the guy yelling, I'm coming, Bubba. That fella was also the silver haired, sarcastic fella, was also a stand up com comedian. And he was performing one time, and, well, this last time. And he had a massive coronary event attack in his angina. And he collapsed dead. And everybody laughed. And ha 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 ha. And, um, but it was, you know, it was serious. And so eventually they figured it out that this was not part of the routine. Later, I remember watching a video of Andy Kaufman having a special, and he had a la old lady fake die on the stage. And I was thinking, I don't know how super responsible that is. You wonder uh, how, how far to go to fool people. I don't, I don't like practical jokes necessarily. Well, I don't like to do them because I'm worried that I'm going to kill somebody. Like, because they go wrong. You know, they go wrong. So, like, it might be innocent. Go, I'm innocently going to put a stick of dynamite in this uh, fella's top hat, and it'll blow the 
It's going to blow the top of the top hat out. And woo, the smoke and smoke will come out of his ears. And then what happens is it, his head blows apart. He's dead. And you go, oh, I just feel awful. And then, you know, just to all these letters to his family over the years. Again, again, I don't know why I didn't know. I'm so sorry. But that, it, it wasn't even a laugh. You wasted all, you wrecked everything because you're trying to, trying to get laughs. And that's, not, that's why I don't think maybe comedy albums are a good thing. I don't know. So I don't want, I may not put this out. May, no one will ever hear it. I can, I'll broadcast it. That way no one will ever hear what I say or remember. There is something, that, it isn't that you're not hearing me. It's a wonderful thing about broadcast radio is you just, it fades immediately. And I know that there is an archives for this station and there's a certain permanency to it, but it's a Polaroid of a lovemaking session. It doesn't truly capture what it was like to hear it when it first broadcast. Now I'm gonna take you back to that time this is my first broadcast ever. Hello, this is, is Hardy. I used to be. I used to get closer to the microphone back then. You'll notice that, or I have a different voice. There's one time I was injured for a while, and Dawes Butler came in and did the voice. There's been so many changes to the show over time. How many years I've been at this, Carl? How many years have I been doing this? That's my new producer, Carl. I've just added him because I was thinking about all the things that comedy albums I like have had. And one of them is characters. Different characters, maybe. Um, skits. When I say that, I get I cringe a little bit because I remember being in the... I was in the Cub Scouts, which is a, now I know is a cult. And if they all, if you all have to dress alike and eat pudding or something at an appointed hour, that's a cult, honey. Get out of it. I love you. So anyway, uh, I was in this Cub Scouts, and in case they go, oh, we're going to do skits. Every once in a while, you got to do a skit. Oh, I don't know. I'm not a comedy writer. I'm eight or something. I don't know, so I don't know. And they go, well, there's good because we've got like a template. They'll give you like a prompt. And you can do like a fake commercial for like silly flakes. It's not real, you know. Silly flakes will make you silly. Or something, I don't know. It's a parody. It introduces you to parody, which I think is wonderful. So I did that in Cub Scouts. And then in the fourth grade, we had a school, we had a class. And I'm going to give away what year it is because you will figure out like, that sounds like 1973 or so. It, it was, but like I had this, we had a school play or a class play. And for some reason decided to do laughing, which is like really, you know, it's cheesy, but it's also sort of like druggy sexy. And um, which reminds me, DJ Druggy Sexy is coming by to, to talk, to give a talk at, at, the, at the school, and I got to be there. So we did laughing. I don't know whether they had go-go dancers, because we were nine. And uh, I don't know what kind of suggestive humor we were making. I mean, I, I think the teacher was like, they'll be fine. They don't even know. And so we didn't because I, I think we wrote it. And if, you're, and if you're doing a school like a school or a class play, you're, you might be shown it to the rest of the school, right? And if you're, if you're the fourth grade class, the audience will also be comprised of, you know, six-year-olds. 
seven-year-olds, too. And, you know, I don't know how much they're into your incredibly accurate Alan Sue's impression. You know, they go, oh, man, that guy sounds just like Artie Johnson, that young, that older kid. I look up to that older boy sounds like Artie Johnson to me in many ways. I go, yeah, he's really good at that. And he does also does a Henry Gibson voice that thinks very good, but he's not my he's not my cup of usually. I don't really like. And then what's the woman's name? I don't remember. I forget. Who you talking about? Joanne Worley? No, other one. Never mind. Let's move on. Oh, when I was young, I did things that young folks did. I listened to the records of the young. And when I got older, I listened to those young things because my development been arrested. I'm an infantile middle-aged person. I'm living in a nostalgic past. I've had my brain turned to mush by television. And here I stand before you, complicit in the end of humanity. Oh, that sounds good, man. That was really strangely not melodic. And that takes some work, boy. I'll tell you. So many demands for perfection in the world that I was introduced to. So if I was to do a comedy album, it would be it wouldn't be improvised. Or if it is improvised, it has to be improvised in that early on that hard way, like jazz improv. Like you can't imp- so like oh I'm gonna see a jazz show. It's gonna be improv. You go it's gonna it's gonna be killer. Yeah, it's gonna be great. It's jazz improv. Yeah. Then you go like I'm going to a show. What is it? It's like a local alt kind of pop, and I don't know what they are really, and they're going to improvise. And you go, oh, no. God, no, no. Oh, no, 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 no. What's wrong? Don't go to that. Because that what that will do to you is you'll go, do I even like music? And, but, so, but that's you did it to yourself because you went and everything. I think things that are planned are good. I would like if I was we're come to see like we're doing we're improvising Shakespeare. I go, oh, I hope y'all are geniuses or something like that. It, it isn't bad to write things, or you know, sometimes you're just your your improvisation is just you plagiarizing a previous riff that you did and you liked. So you're, oh, I'm gonna make it sound like I'm making it up, but I'm not. I'm gonna freestyle now this thing I wrote earlier. If I was fatter I'd be burlier surlier because I was bigger than I want to be see I wrote all this time stuff ahead of he and I didn't though I was trying to make it up and it, oh, it wears off though it's like balance or something you go the guy's balancing on a on a pole Stop, there he goes it's hard to do it for, to, to sustain it I can't do it I can't it'd be nice to circular breathe but with words it's just an endless stream, and they're cogent. That'd be nice. I mean, I guess it would be possible to just speak nonsense, and most people do. But get sit next to someone talkative on a flight, and you will experience that. You go, man, you're saying a lot of not interesting things, and they're in story form. How are you losing me? How are you losing me? I was listening to someone tell a shaggy joke story the other day, and the people listening to it all, I could tell, had zoned out, forgot they were listening to a joke, thought they were listening to someone tell a story about their life, 
and we're making comments like that. Go, oh, you didn't. And I was like, you didn't. He's telling us that's the character of Mike in the joke. It's just been going on so long you've lost. I love it. We don't know sometimes whether we're being told a story or a very long joke. And I guess it depends on the ending. And the ending of the joke that he told was, I couldn't reach you. You were at the ball game. So I don't know if you know this story. So it's about two guys who are dreaming. It's a dream-based joke, which is lovely. I like that too. And maybe if you don't get that premise right away, like if you weren't listening, you go, where is this going? I missed the first few seconds. People go, oh, I missed the first part of your show, Hardy. Will I be able to figure it out? No. Probably not. I don't know. Maybe yes. Yes. No. Still no. If you, if you listen to the first five minutes, still no. Would not be able to figure it out. I don't know. I want you to hear all of it, though. Because sometimes there's a... Oh, I tuned in ten minutes late. What did I miss? Oh, you missed the pre-recorded stuff that took me a week. But you caught all, all the, the stuff that I'm removing systematically, spontaneously, from my vent. And uh, that's 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 good. No, you can tell. You tune in whenever you want. And that's the thing. You can go and have it stale, the stale leftovers. But if my show has been sitting out unrefrigerated for a week, you could get fried rice syndrome and die. Don't eat food that's been sitting out on the counter. I don't care what it is. You go, there's nothing in it that can spoil. It's just meat and vegetables and oil. No, don't eat it. Eat only fresh foods. Take in only fresh ideas. No, don't do that. Oh, why? Well, some ideas you need. You'll, you won't get to all the vitamin and vitamin that you require if you don't get some basic ideas. So I'm all for like, I know it's quaint to teach people like quaint morality, like don't kill. But I found like if you go a while without teaching it, like, oh, that's not. <sighs> uh, literally, people won't know about it. So you just got to, you do have to keep reminding people like, hey, you don't mind if I tell a little story about what happens if you don't save nuts for the winter, do you? I'll put animals in it or superheroes or something. Oh, go ahead. Hi, kids. I noticed that you're all murdering one another. Can I have? Can I speak with you? Yes. All right. Um, I'm so sorry. I don't know what, I guess just, um, apparently I just said that I could solve all problems with Aesop's fables. And that's, I'm going to leave now. I'm embarrassed. That's wrong and simplistic. I don't know how you got here. Oh, bless you. I don't know what stories to tell you. I don't know what comedy bits to do. I don't know what jokes to tell you. Everything is a joke and it isn't. I had a moment with an older relative and he, he wouldn't stop telling me jokes. And I thought, oh, you're, you're so close to death. You know, maybe weeks away. And yet here you are telling me jokes. What do you got to be happy about? Shouldn't you be miserable? <laughs> I didn't say any of this, right? And I probably thought it for a second before it dawned on me, you know, that he was, he was living his life in the, uh, the little area where you most live it, and that is right now. And that is a wonderful place to be because that is where you are. It's right here. You're not back then, and you're not in the future yet. 
Now you are. Now you are. Now you are. <coughs> if it wasn't for time, we wouldn't have Smart Alex. Because it'll always make, you know, I'm, I go into the future just by standing here. Yes, you do. Very good. Just figure that out. I was, uh, I took a writing class one time, and I wrote a poem about how I couldn't think of an idea for a poem. Oh, my word. Good for you. I hope you got an A. Yes, I did. I got A, D. Good. Good for you. That ha that's how you know you were going to a decent school. Otherwise, gosh, you, got, you know, maybe they're giving me some sort of social pr promotion. It'd be good you go to a creative writing school, and then, then they give, they graduate you, they give you a, a degree, and then they tell you, like, okay, now we would like you to sign up with our representation, our management service, and become part of our, our stable of writers they have here, and you pay us to do that. You go, how does that work? I'm paying for a job, all the good jobs you have to save up for and pay. They cost money. And you, all touring musicians know this. Hey, I'm thinking of go, I'm, I'd love to go do a European tour, but I'm tapped. I don't know how I would survive it. It would set me back. And uh, people have offered that. So I go, we'd love it. Hardy, could you come do a show in our town? And I go, okay, nobody knows me in your town. And I have to get there. I have to get home. And sometimes I have to stay there. And my tent is in rough shape. And... Um, so probably not, I don't know. So how much can you pay me? And I'll go, oh, you know, cook, cookie, weed cookies or something. I don't know. But I'll go, oh, let me think about it. But it's very difficult, you know. So I am, uh, I love to be able to speak to you on radio like this. This is just like talking. You don't have to live with your parents in the same town if you have a telephone and a person who's willing to do an impression of you for hours at a time and speak to your mother. Yeah, ma. I get. I hire somebody. They go. Yeah, ma. Yeah, ma. Like that. And uh, in that, how about that? What What did Leslie say? What What did she say? Oh, go on. Like that. I'll do that. And the reason I do that is because I want somebody to do that for me when I'm old. I already do it to people. I already can tell when people, like friends who love me, are are in tolerance mode. And I feel a little bit bad, and I try to be a, a little more entertaining. But I can tell, and I go, man, I love you because you're loving me right now when I'm annoying. And I appreciate that. And I understand that I'm more annoying than you are, so I don't know how even this relationship is, but I accept your love and friendship. I'm not going to feel like I don't deserve it. I never th If you give me your friendship and affection... Or you say, oh, I love your show, and if they go, oh, I accept it, and I believe you. I would never say, oh, yeah, no, I'm not that great, or something like that. I'm whatever you think I am. Thank you. So uh, I always accept your love. So you're my friend, Hardy. All right. I will, I, you know, I won't, like, test it or anything, but, boy, I'm glad. Oh, and we're together here, just like listening to this record now, I don't think I ever, I might have listened to comedy records to go to sleep because I would listen to different albums if I needed to go to sleep, which I did frequently as a young person. And so I'd say, Mama, put on a record. And she'd have to flip it, too. That was a little bit of an annoyance, annoyance for her. I'd go, Mama, turn it over. And, um, but I'd listen to mostly story records, but I wonder if I didn't listen to a comedy record or two, and they would have been just, they would have been like Inside Shelley Berman 
And I wonder how much I didn't understand and did understand. Because hopefully it was more sophisticated. He wasn't, let me tell you, he was not aiming for, for seven-year-olds or whatever. He was aiming a little higher than that. Graduate school or higher education, maybe. You know, slightly pretentious. Remember, we did a routine about, about uh, Alice B. Toklas and Gertrude Stein. I don't know who Gertrude Stein I knew who Gertrude Stein is and Alice B. Toklas when I was seven years old because of a Shelley Berman album that I didn't understand. So not that I knew who, who they were, but, I mean, I'd, I'd heard their names. So isn't that, isn't that interesting? A lot of people say, I know I can list philosophers, but only in the Monty Python song order. These things come to you from Bugs Bunny cartoons or wherever you get cultural references filtered through cynical, pretentious adults who stick it in there for themselves and, uh, and others, and then it gets absorbed into you out of, completely out of context. It's all scrambled up and meaningless. I love that. It's an unintentional data, and my soul was originally whitewashed with it when I came into this life and I was sat in front of that television set. A just absolute uh, victory for adults that they could send their children off with this strange glowing nanny, and it would suckle at the cathode ray tube teat, and there it would remain content and nourished by electricity and by tricks of light and by human beings who a lot of them had gotten their start in vaudeville or uh, local television franchise outlets or whatever you call them. What do you call them? I don't even remember. Everything's changed. The world's changed, which is good. It ought to, like a diaper or like, something else that changes, it should change. It would get, it would get rotten. It would get fetid. You got to clean it out. The world is like a, a refrigerator crisper. Occasionally, you leave the lettuce there in the back, and it putrefies. Oh, we are capable of putrefying as a culture as we keep around the rotten ideas and concepts of the past, our past bigotries which seemed fresh and nourishing never really were, never really were, always took more calories to digest than they provided, but now they turn into a brown and gray goo, the fetid, stinking ooze of our past that we refuse to clean out. Oh, you must clean all the corners of your culture of your world of this civilization that you live in and renew it in the image of anything else it can be arbitrary so i'm thinking i don't know underdog or something like that i don't know something take the best of the cartoons and 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 take them and bring them into the new world because there's no natural Template or there's no all answers are arbitrary and all systems are right, but some of them get corrupted with hate and bigotry and violence. So start a new one, but your imagery can be anything. It should be recycled, and I would love, I wouldn't mind some kind of holy book with the Simpsons on it, or you know, it doesn't. It can be completely out of context. It's just the design thing. You think the Simpsons are funny? 
It's a design thing. Same with Nancy. Bushmiller's Nancy is a to me is a two-dimensional uh, design. It's almost like a, a, a. I wonder if you could tessellate it. You know, it seems to me like a geometric thing, a geometric fact that Bushmiller's Nancy, the head of Bushmiller's Nancy, is some sort of pattern that occurs in this universe in other places, too. And I'm surprised that the new telescope, the new Webb telescope, I believe it's called, has not seen the face of Nancy. And I know someone will Photoshop it into a galaxy, but I'd like to see the real damn thing out there with eyes made of stars and gassy hair. That'd be beautiful. Oh, the world is beautiful. But the world I can see right here is beautiful and the one I can imagine. And the one in space, I just, I'm gonna have to take that on faith. Yes, we got this through our amazing space telescope. Oh, I believe you. I don't have any reason to doubt. It's slightly enhanced. It's enhanced a little bit. Or maybe, and then maybe later you can do what the Star Wars movies did and like completely change out galaxies and planets for other ones that fit your narrative better because you might change your story. Say, so, yeah, we gotta, you know, now that we have the cult of Nancy, we're gonna have to produce pictures of her face in space. I know that can be done. I'm willing to do it. Well, what is truth? Anyway, I say all the time, if I have to lie, I go, what is, you know, do I really even know? Maybe that is maybe that is true. Who knows? The thing I just said that's patently false. In some world. It's the multiverse. That's what I, I believe now I'm worried about these films that are pushing and books. But now the idea is getting out there more than just the comic books. The idea of multiverses and all these things and 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 possible worlds. And all this worship of David K. Lewis, David Lewis, David Lewis, everywhere you hear it. They go, possible worlds, possible And I go, what's going on? I feel like we're being set up for something. Like people are going to go, oh, it's going to be like a philosophical not me. They're going to go, how did that happen? Oh, it's another possible world. Not me is a golem that was invented by cartoonist Bill Keen. It's a ghost golem. Not everyone can see it. It has Snuffleupagus properties. But it goes and it does great damage. It's a chaotic beast. You know? It's a scandal ghost, they call it, in the islands. I just made that up. I did make that up. That sounds good, though. I like that. I like my lies sometimes just resonate with me. I go, I don't know. Maybe that's not even a lie. It feels has a feeling to it. It feels concrete. Maybe I've accidentally said the truth. I'll think that sometimes. I don't have a, a real a belief system, you know, I don't think. Um, I, 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 my beliefs are, are more things that are things that I say when people ask me questions because you have to say something. I say, well, are you being honest? And I, go, I don't know what that means exactly. Am I confessing? No, I never confess. I never confess. I never voluntarily say what's in my head. I don't feel anybody's entitled to it. So you must give us your thoughts. No, I don't think so. Tell us what you really think. No. Yes, we won't. We have to know. No, why? Why do you? You don't really have to know. I can think whatever I want. And I'm not obliged to say. 
that's a weird part maybe of a culture you came with where you know so you better you better say what you're thinking no here listen to this i just thought that really hard here i go again <laughs> so you can't come in you can't come in here you know and that's the thing you can you can um you can try to force it it's going to maybe maybe it's not the outside of my fortress my body is vulnerable and it can be harmed and it can be degraded and you can do all sorts of things to it. But really, I think I have to let you into the other part and, and no, maybe. I don't know. I've never, uh, I've been disinclined to let, because I've let uh, things in and people in and ideas in that have turned out to be poison. I don't want that to happen again. So uh, I think that I'm going to... Uh, I'm going to be uh, committed to the things that I do uh, believe in, and I'm going to go forward like that. And for me, I'll tell you, I will confess a little bit of it. It's uh, love-oriented, and it's uh, life and love and compassion-oriented. It's more like, not, uh, like I'm trying to be nice patient and kind like I'd like others to be because I've lived among the patient and kind and I'm telling you it's the key to heaven it's absolutely oh my gosh as much as other human beings can muck up your world and destroy it and create immense pain they can create immense joy and feelings of well-being they're capable of doing that for each other oh there'll never be a world where they do well, maybe if there's if possible, if you're a modal realist and possible worlds are all real, then there's already a world where they all, all do. So why can't we just snap over to that one? That's what I say. That's not practical. Nothing is practical. Some things are practical. Some things are practical. Other things are not practical. Some things are Things, some things are not even things. Some things are, some things aren't. Every, you can take everything in your sentence and just say it's, all, it's also the opposite. So I want to tell you that if you think, well, this isn't a very funny comedy album, and I would say to you, start thinking of comedy and funny in different terms. And what would they be? The exact opposite. Whatever they are, flip it. That's what I'm doing. Anti-comedy? Anti-anti-comedy. Anti-anti-comedy. Nope. Anti-anti-anti-comedy. Anti-pro, anti-meta-comedy. Give me a minute. No, you don't have a minute. So anyway, that's what I'm trying to do. And I, gosh, I hope that I've lifted you. Oh, I'm laughing out loud, Hardy. Ella, 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 Ella. Um, la, 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 la. Is that how, that, uh, how you laugh out loud? Like that. Um. That's lolling, right? Am I doing it correctly? Wid, what are you doing? What are you, what are you doing? Wid, Hardy, like that. Wid, la la. I'm telling you, I'm doing great because I'm with you. And I just feel better when we're all together. It just feels I don't have to be myself as much. You can do some of the work. That's why I, I always feel like I'm a coloring book. You know, I'm just giving you the outlines. You can color it in. What color would you like to make Hardy's hat? Um, 
I don't know. Any color you want. What color should the, on the knives on his hat? Mm, well, I'm not wearing one of those, but every, any color you want or any color you can imagine. Oh, gosh. Not anything. I'll give you a prompt. I was talking to Fox about uh, ideas and everything, and we did agree that uh, prompts are good, that a blank slate is intimidating. You can't just think something up without, you know, give me a word. Some, um, could you imagine, like, having an improv, uh, you're having an improvisational act, right? You're doing some improv, getting the audience, okay. Okay, give me a uh, part of speech. Noun! Okay, give me a, uh, another part of speech. Verb! All right, give me something. Direct object! All right, I'm a noun verbing a direct object in five, four, three, two. So that's, um, that's also improv. This is not funny or clever necessarily, right? But here I am doing it. I didn't write it, and I don't have to write it, and I don't have to delete any files on my computer. The great thing about never... Uh, having written anything mediocre is I don't have to go and r rip it up in a, in a fit of humiliation and anger and bitterness because it was never written down. I can pretend it didn't happen. That's why it's a little unnerving that there's an archive because there's, with radio, you can just go, no, didn't do it, but I taped you off the air. Mm -mm. Nope, never said it. That's you going, this is a radio. So it's kind of hard to prove, but... Um, that's okay. I don't mind that there's a record of the things I say, especially like when I say I love you, you're, you're worth it. Come on. Let's just, the uh, life's sloppy anyway. It's a mess. It's just a mess, chaotic mess. And, but you, there's joy. I'll, I'll help you. I can't guarantee it, but I'll help you work towards it. And maybe we'll have a joyous, at least one joyous moment somewhere. You are listening to Miracle Nutrition with Hardy White on WFMU East Orange, WMFU Mount Hope. 91.9 in Rockland County, New York, and New York City, New York, we're online at WFMU.org worldwide, so glad that you could join me, and I will see you again next week, my friends.